When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the Podcast, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. <sighs> I'm Lindsay Smith, here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Bourget, joining us all the way from New Orleans. Gentlemen, how are you today? You know, your boy can shoot a basketball. We went to Dave and Buster's earlier today for lunch. And he was on that uh, the full size jumper basket <laughs> and hitting them. So I was impressed. Nice. I, don't, I, don't play that, I don't play that mini hoop shit. Let's go. I love, Let's, I love the Papa real shot. thing. Papa shot is so fun. I mean, do you go the... nothing but the glass, or do you try to swish every single one? I don't care as long as it goes in. <laughs> it depends on how far I've been, how long I've been playing, because my arm gets tired after yeah, a while. That's, that's exactly that's what I was telling <laughs> Yeah, all that when you shoot that many times, and your arm just like all the blood flows it's in just there. You're burning. like burning. <laughs> You guys started like jumping a little bit. So. I'm excited for uh, for summer league when we wind up at a house with a basketball court. Yeah. I want to see you play. <laughs> I, I suck, and I admit. Oh, that. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely stomping the hell out of Adam Mares, just so he knows, because he swears he can beat everybody 21 nothing. If that sh- should happen, like there's no way. There's just no way, Adam. No way. Not zero chance. All right, guys, let's get into some updates from practice. Gerald, you were able to talk with the team today. Obviously, we all know Devin is officially out. What can you share with us? Uh, Yeah, so he is officially out. And I asked Monty about that report this morning because, uh, you know, there was a report from ESPN that they were looking at two to three weeks without Devin Booker. If you read the story, it it is more kind of, I don't want to say cop out, but it's more saying like players with this type of grade one hamstring injury are typically out for 14 to 21 days. It didn't seem like it came from anywhere in the organization. So I asked Monty about it and he said, I mean, it's no different than what we reported. We didn't put a timeline on it. We said it was a grade grade one hamstring strain. That's all it is. I've been told about a timeline, but we never did that. So for now there is no timeline. We'll give you a better update as the days progress, but there, but wherever there was a timeline, it didn't come from us. So You know, we initially saw reports yesterday that he wasn't being ruled out for this first round series. He has been ruled out for game three. He did make the trip to New Orleans, so that's a good sign. But that could be for team morale as much as anything. Um, But the Suns' focus is more on, you know, getting back to their standard of play. That was a big thing that Monty hammered home for the team uh, as far as defensively, transition defense, rebounding, just everything that they do. They need to be better and be playing to their standard. He said it was uncharacteristic how many plays it felt like they took off for a playoff setting. 
And Chris Paul said, look, if you need motivation and it's in the playoffs, like you're in the wrong profession, like it's playoff time. We just have to be better in a lot of areas. I, I, he, you, you just kind of addressed the, the mental errors for a playoff game. Is that a concern? Like that kind of concerns me when you say that, like, you know, we've, we've had a history this year in 2022 of teams just not showing up, up for playoff games. <clears throat> Cardinals. Um, and so I just want to make sure that like, this is something that's going to be reset. We're all going to be good. Yeah. I, I think that's what he was talking about as far as, you know, that's what I've been iterating to the team. Like, look guys, we have to play to a certain standard. Chris was saying, you know, like this, it's going to be better in game two. DA said it best. He said, we got punched in the face in game two and now it's our turn, turn to answer back in game three. I really do think for this team that this game two and Devin Booker's hamstring injury was kind of a wake up call. Cause if you look at the last couple of weeks, you know, they've been able to flip the switch on and off pretty much at will. They've rest, they've been able to rest guys. They locked up the one seed really early on with like eight games to go. Um, and every game that they played with their guys back in the rotation, they won. So it, it kind of gave them, I don't want to say a false sense of security, but when things are going that well for you, and then in game two, it's like, oh, we got out executed. We got out coached. We got out played. We got out worked. It, it's kind of a wake up call. And now, especially with Book's injury, it's also like nothing is guaranteed here. You know, this is kind of a, an opportunity to reset, realize, you know, our revenge tour didn't end at the end of the regular season. If we're, you know, if we're trying to be this like 2014 type Spurs team that comes back from losing the finals and just wreaks havoc on everybody else the next season we've still got a job to do and it's all very fragile. One injury can change everything. So for them, I, I think this is an opportunity to get back to basics, get back to the defensive side of the ball where they make their bread and butter and really respond here in game three. What, if anything, did Monty say about who will replace Devin Booker in the starting lineup and how rotations might look in game three? Yeah. So we, we did ask about, you know, whether there's a sense of someone needing to step up or, or that sort of thing. Um, and he said, look, we just don't do that. We've never done that. We've had guys in and out of the rotation all year, and we've never gone up to one guy who's filling in for them, whether it's in the starting lineup or just taking on more minutes. We've never gone up to that person and said, like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. It's, it's a by-committee approach that they always kind of take. Um, so we're not sure if it's going to be Landry Shaman or Cam Johnson yet. We'll probably ask that question uh, for Monty tomorrow, but for right now, you know, they've, they've been so good at just seamlessly plugging up holes all season long. They've only had 38 games with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul all playing together this season. And they've still been able to win 60 plus games. So I think it's one of those situations where they're going to rely on money called, uh, there's experience in the uncomfortable is what he said. And they've had a lot of uncomfortable this season with guys being in and out. So I think that they're going to be relying on that again now that their best player is not in the game. Who would you start? I personally would start Landry Shamit. I, I think that you need to save Cam Johnson's shooting and his scoring for the bench. Um, and I think campaign is another idea that's been floated, but I feel like then you're relying on Aaron Holiday or Alfred Payton, which mm. I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. I think you save campaign and Cam Johnson for the bench unit so that they do have some bench scoring. Um, and I think Landry Shamit is a guy who, you know, as much as he hasn't shot the ball as well this season as he normally does, he's been a lot better from three since the All-Star break. And he's a similar player archetype as far as a guy who is going to come in and get shots up. He looked good 
in the little stretch that he had there in game two uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they kind of made their run. So I think this is Landry's opportunity to step up in a way. But again, as the Suns always say, it's, it's a by committee thing. All right. I have a question for the group because I've seen a lot of mixed emotions on the Internet over the last 48 hours. And obviously we did talk about it a little bit in our postgame show after game two. Now that we've all had time to sleep on things, figure out our, our emotions, how is everybody feeling at this point in time about what the Suns um, could potentially be up against here? Um, my, my feeling is, is, is uncertainty. And it's not because of what this team has showed through the course of the season. It's, it's really not. It's just when you throw in the variables of losing Devin Booker when you did, um, you know, the, the Pelicans are feeling themselves. You know, if you see, if you saw like the, the post uh, game highlights uh, on the NBA feed or on their own Twitter, Twitter feed, like they were super hyped up about it. Um, I think even Brandon Ingram said, I told you we get one like, okay, so they're confident. And then you're going to throw in the home crowd, you know, and, and like I was telling people in our discord, I said, you know, my feeling is, is that if the Suns win game three, I think they win this series in five. If they lose game three, I think this series goes seven because now you've given the the Pelicans a lot of juice and they're really feeling themselves. And we've all seen teams that we feel like we're inferior to other teams in the playoffs um, all of a sudden get a lot of confidence and get on a heater. And that's the scary part about the playoffs is that you never know when a team is just all of a sudden everything clicks and nothing can go or, uh, wrong for them and right for you. And so that's that's my only hesitation. But I do feel like the Suns will prevail in the end. Per typical fashion, after the game, I was panicked. Mm -hmm. It was everything that you felt like could go wrong, went wrong at one time, specifically. But with a with a day and a half, uh, you know, kind of removed from that, I look at it and I think the Suns have their wake up call. They have the moment that they needed to remember what they're about. The way they play basketball, that was not Suns basketball. With or without Devin Booker in game two, that was not Suns basketball. It was poor defense. It was a lot of watching on offense. It was just not what we've seen. That woke them up. And I think you probably get a New Orleans team that's overconfident going into game three. They're at home. They have that big win. You know, they, they feel themselves a little too much. I think the Suns win big in game three because they are the better team even without Devin Booker this team's hallmark has been guys stepping up when somebody's missing this is a game where I think you see campaign Cam Johnson uh, even JaVale McGee step up in ways that we haven't seen them do yet in this series they take care of business in game three and that's and that's the key here is like th those that supporting cast is so vital right now, and they've got to step up. They cannot play like they have been playing the first two games of this season or series because if they play like the way they have been playing in the first two games of the series, the Suns will lose the series. Like Cam Johnson, Campaign, Jay Crowder, like they all have to step up. They can't play like the way they've been playing. They just have to be much, much better. Yeah. Gerald, how do you feel? Yeah, I completely agree. I think game three is going to be a good barometer for what we're going to see for the rest of the series. You know, if the Suns come out and play their brand of basketball and really get back to basics and defend, you know, a lot of things that they were talking about were just keeping the ball in front of them. Um, Monty mentioned, you know, they gave up a lot of uh, slot threes and corner threes that they just characteristically don't give up. 
So it's one of those things where I will definitely be watching this game because, you know, if they go out and play their brand of basketball and win by double digits, I'll feel a lot better about their chances. I'll, I'll feel like, okay, yeah, it was a wake up call for them. They took it seriously. Um, and this is going to be a series that they can win now that they have this kind of reset. But if they come out and they struggle and the Pelicans take game three, even at home here in New Orleans, you know, that's a, <laughs> totally changes the series. And it's, it's tough to keep saying the same things over and over and not see a different result. So I do think game three, I don't want to, it's not a must win because it's a best of seven. Like we're only in game three here, but this will be a really good indicator of whether these are just words or whether this team is ready to rise and meet this challenge as they've done all season long. Well, and one thing for me, defense and the lack of it in game two was so big and, Yes, Devin has been an improved defender, but he's not at the core of that. No. Right? So I think you can make up some of his offense with guys who are having off nights, and your defense can still reach the level that it was at in an elite way without D-Book. That's why I, I, I still feel pretty good about where they are. Well, again, my only concern is that they've they've played porous defense for six straight quarters. Um, and they just need to be much, much better defensively. Like, listen, if those guys, you know, the guys that I just mentioned, you know, the secondary players, they can play bad if the Suns are at the top of their game defensively. I could see a way where the Suns could win an ugly game for sure, but they have not been that for six out of eight quarters, and I don't know what was going on last game. You would think that in the fourth quarter when they made that run and tied the game up and took the, I think, a one-point lead, that would have been the the turning point and they would have turned it up defensively. But instead, they got worse and they gave the Pelicans all the wide-open shots and it helps when Brandon Ingram is hitting some super difficult shots. But, you know, you don't. that's why you don't want to be that close in the fourth quarter. Right. And like I said, I feel like things have been easy for the Suns, or at least they've made it look easy. Now they're finally facing some of that adversity um, you know, the everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is their hard again, uh, just like it was last year in the first couple of games of the first round of the playoffs. Um, I'd be shocked if they don't respond in a way that kind of befits the makeup of this group and goes in line with everything we've seen from them last year and this year as well. John in the chat said, I have to remind myself that this sinking feeling after a playoff loss isn't unique to Suns fans. Um <laughs> And, and that's true. It's any team that loses, right? If you talk to Pelicans fans after game one, they probably felt a little pit in their stomach, like, dang, are we going to be competitive in this series? Same thing with the Grizzlies. After they dropped game one, they probably felt like they got punched in the gut because what was expected kind of of them and what people were like, wait, they haven't been playing like this all year. What happened now? It's just game two, like like Gerald said, we, it's best out of seven, right? Like our backs are not fully up against the wall. We need to have our defenses up, but there is still room and time to improve. Well, in, in reality, it's you got to win three out of the next five. You got to go three and two in your next five games. Yeah. You move on. This team is talented enough to do that, I think, against pretty much anybody in the NBA, even with book on the shelf. They just need to play to the level that they have all year. Mm-hmm. If they don't, that's that's when the problem occurs. Yeah, and the other difference is, you know, the Pelicans lose game one. Shit, they didn't even think they were, they didn't think they were going to win the series anyway, and their fans certainly didn't. Right. You know what I mean? So they're you know, but then now Devin Booker's out, 
And now those fans, if they were to lose game three, I think they would feel that same kind of pit in their stomach as we did in game two mm-hmm. because they realize, oh, man, they think they think they have a chance. Yeah. I really don't think they have a chance, but they think they have a chance. And then the other difference is, is you know, listen, at, after Memphis lost, guess what? Everybody was all over their ass talking about, oh, they're gonna they're about to get upset. Memphis is a fraud, blah, blah, blah. After we lost, the same shit was being said. And you saw how Memphis responded. I have a hunch the Suns are going to do the same thing. And I hope somebody goes down the hallway like Ja did the other night and be like, hey, you fake, you fake people stay on the other side because you, you jumped off the bandwagon real quick. We don't need you here. And I will I get it because Darth Voida in the chat said the difference is we lost our all-NBA first team and MVP candidate. And I understand that. I do think, though, obviously I'm hopeful that Devin can come back for – um, round two, of course, and they were at least partway through that. But I still do think that even without Devin for the remainder of the series, I am fully confident that this team has the ability. It's whether they choose to do it or not, but, also, but this team has the ability to win this series. For sure. A million percent. Also, like, are we Denver? Like, are we all these other fan bases who want to bitch and cry about, like, the, oh, we the only reason why we didn't win the series is because our, our main player got hurt, blah, blah, blah. I thought the reason why we're so good is because of our depth. So I don't want to hear that fucking excuse because Booker's out. All of a sudden now, oh, no, we, we were at a disadvantage. Like, I understand if we have to play the Warriors or, you know, some of the elite teams in the NBA. Yeah, that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be difficult. Yeah, but even then, I still game. feel like the Suns should be good enough to compete at a high level and be in all of those games and all of these series. So the, and the new Orleans Pelicans are nowhere near that level. So they should easily win this series, but they all got to show up and they, they, like Gerald said, they've been kind of on cruise control. They need to turn that shit around. Uh, Gerald uh, to circle a little bit back to, to book, if you don't mind, we've heard, we heard the report about two to three weeks. I talked with uh, Dr. Adam Anacone, Yesterday, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, it's on YouTube page and and the podcast feed. But he said when it's a grade one, which is the the least concerning of of the hamstring issues, you can conceivably be back in in a week to to two. Like, so are we – was there a sense – I know Monty wouldn't commit to anything, but does it feel like – there's a sense of optimism with anybody that you're talking about when it comes to that, where there's not a lot of concern. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like, you know, they're like, he's not dead. Like they, like they Monty always brings that up when, <laughs> Thank you. when they talk, when they talk about people <laughs> like being out or injured and you're having to talk about playing without a guy, Monty always brings up like, we're not going off to war. Like it's an injury. He's going to be okay. And, you know, I, I was able to get it on video earlier today, but, he was just kind of sitting over here, actually, where I was standing while they were practicing, just looking on, smiling, talking with trainers and with players and whatnot. He doesn't seem down in the dumps. And obviously, he made the trip for team morale purposes and to be with the guys and to help out with whatever he sees. But it, it does feel like, you know, like I said, that two to three week timeline from that report felt more like a guess based on past players' injuries in this regard. Um, and he, Monty did say, you know, it's a finicky type of injury because, you know, one of those things where you can feel fine until you start trying to do the things that NBA players are required to do. And then you're like, okay, wait, I can't do that type of stuff yet. So they're, they're going to be careful with it. But obviously, you know, the longer that this series goes, the more likely it is that I think he'll return at some point. This is just me guessing. 
um, based on the fact that it is a mild hamstring and that Devin Booker, you know, he wants to be out there. He's the ultimate competitor. Like it's killing him that he's not going to be there for game three and probably game four at the very least. Um, so if this series does go longer, if the Suns do continue to struggle, I feel like he'll be back at some point. Uh, it just remains to be seen when that'll be. And if the Suns can wrap this up in five and go back to playing their style of basketball, because they do have enough to win this series, they have Chris Paul. I feel like people are forgetting that we have Chris Paul. Like <laughs> he's one of the longest tenured playoff competitors. Um, and he was the Suns MVP candidate for the first half of the season. Like now would be a good time for him to have a much better game than he had in game two. Um, and if they can wrap this up in game five, then, you know, maybe Mavs jazz goes to seven. Then maybe you're looking at, he's going to be okay for the second round. You better give him a spinach. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, thank you so much for providing updates for us from practice today. And of course, always just bringing some calm and all of your thoughts and insights. We appreciate you. Have fun out there. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Go enjoy a beignet and a po' boy. <laughs> you know it. Already had the po' boy. Beignets are next. Nice. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about that one. Uh, <laughs> as a reminder, of course, as always, uh, Gerald is on location out there in New mm -hmm. Orleans, and he's going to be writing continuously for gophnx.com. So if you want to become a member to get access to all of Gerald's sweet, sweet content, please do that. I thought, you're, I thought you were going to say... Just a reminder, beignets suck. I don't think they overrated. suck. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. There is a big difference. Anyway, uh, any kind of additional thoughts from you guys on this whole situation and how you're feeling about things? No, I just think, you know, Suns fans, as you can tell, are 50-50. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of them are nervous. Some of them are pretty confident. Um, and I think it's a mixture of everything. I think everybody's feeling a little bit of a anxious confidence if that was ever a thing you know what i mean it is, and it is now yeah and this is how you feel so i mean i again i to just circle back i think the suns are going to be fine it all depends to me on how they respond in game three because if you don't respond very well in game three uh, now you then you'll see a lot of people panic if there's a game seven in this series i'm gonna say devin booker's back for it I think it's. I could see that. I I think that will be a a make or break moment. He'll be there for it, regardless of if he's a hundred percent or not. I think, it, but I don't think it gets to that. And I also think I don't know what what's going around right now, but it seems like injuries are just popping up. Yeah, a little bit quicker maybe what, than I anticipated. I'd rather have year. what Devin Booker had than than my guy. Uh, Chris Middleton, mm -hmm. that did not look pretty last night, man. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I, in part, with the Suns wonder, did resting the starters uh, add to that? Add like to just it? kind of, you know, you you kind of you kind of turn it down a little bit if you're you're Devin Booker, you sit out a few games, then you come out and you're going 100 percent and you tweak something. We'll never know, but it's one of those things that makes me wonder. You know, was that a uh, an unintended consequence of uh, of taking some some rest there towards the end. No, it is not. Um, Rick in the <laughs> chat said, I think the only reason people are panicking is because we are Suns fans. This is what happens to us. Um, <laughs> this is true. I, I get that. This but also, like, let's let's focus on turning the corner. Right, like the same way that the team has turned the corner. Now we have to follow you, suit you with know, our with our minds. One of the things that you know, the reason why I wore this shirt. It's Michael Jordan shirt. I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate, but 
One of the reasons why I wore this shirt is because sometimes you have to realize, like, every time we've watched other teams, like the Spurs or the Bulls, no matter how much adversity was thrown at them, you just always felt like they were going to find a way. Like, it, it was this irrational confidence because they were just so damn good. And I feel like sometimes we have to tell ourselves, like, what we saw this year was not a fluke, and we can believe in what we saw and we need to have irrational confidence mm -hmm. and trust that this team is going to come through. And I, and I truly believe as a team, they're just as good as anybody else in this in the playoffs, even without Devin Booker, in my opinion. They just all have to play together as one sound unit because I feel like chemistry-wise, they are the best team regardless of Devin Booker or regardless of CP3 if Devin Booker was in the same situation. so And they proved that last year at various times in the playoffs without CP3. And this year, they're having to do it without Devin Booker, and I feel like you're going to get the same result. It's 100%. We talk about it all year. This is the deepest Suns team we've ever seen, the most complete Suns team we've ever seen, uh, the best period that we've ever seen. And that came with long stretches without Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker throughout this season. So this is no different. They've prepped for this all year, and I actually think it may be – a little easier because it's all the same team so you it's not like anything you're not having to massively adjust your lineup because you're playing a different style of team you know the style of team you're playing the next uh, potentially up to five games i think that this team has more than enough to take care of the pelicans and i'd go as far to say even if you had to have devin booker rest part of round two they have enough to beat the Mavs or the Jazz yeah, as well I agree if they too. play to their potential the way they did in the regular season if you get mm -hmm. the team that we saw in game two in the second half they're not beating anybody right. but if you get the team we've saw, seen all year which is who they are I think they'll be more than fine yeah and game two is like who the heck f was that yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like that that that's not this Suns team. No, open corner threes, yeah. uh, lazy plays. Like, it was not the Suns at all. Darth, I cannot tell if you're joking or not <laughs> right now. <laughs> because you said, but guys, they're playing the 36-win Pelicans. And I can't tell if you're being serious or if you're being sarcastic. If you're being serious, shame on you. Because you know that this team's a far better team than a 36-win team, especially if they had C.J. McCollum earlier in the year. Um, if you're being sarcastic, I could not read that, and I'm sorry. All right. Uh, the NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay does not hit. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any, any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That is promo code PHNX. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. I got a pick of the week. You want a pick of the week? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Take the Phoenix Suns. They just fell to plus 400 odds to win the championship. Wow. I'd take it because if they rattle off the next few in this series, that's going to drop again. Yeah. Hop on it while you can. I think there's still a, 
a good chance of that. And so. the Suns are only a, a, a one and a half point favorite tomorrow. Oh, hammer the I would, money line. I would hammer the, the money line on that yeah. as well. All right. Well, there you go. Um, we are officially in the playoffs and the Suns are heating up, kind of. Uh, they're going to in game three. They're going to get hot. They're going to get back to their game. Uh, so you can cheer on the Suns at the Footprint Center, or you can join us at some of our watch parties. But either way, make sure no, 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 you no, no, are no. being safe. You just come to our watch healthy. party. We don't care about the Footprint Center. You come to our watch party. I mean, party. like home Pre and post game, come to the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come yeah. To the Ainsworth. Yeah. Yeah. But well, either for- way, with all these fun events going on, make sure that you're staying safe and healthy. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older, those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. All right, you guys got some screenshots for us today. Let's go. Let's, Let's do it. We're going to talk a little uh, national media. Yeah. Who wants to start? And Saul Espo? Our, our friends are back. The national media who doesn't <laughs> believe in this team. All of a sudden, well, for a few days, it was, oh, the Suns are the, definitely the, the favorite to win a championship. Of course they are. Look at how great they were. And then <laughs> one little thing goes wrong, and all of a sudden, they're all jumping off of the bandwagon like rats off a ship. <laughs> well, we don't need you here, all right? We don't need any of you. None ya, all right? Because we're still here and we believe, and uh, even do one you of our have a screenshot. I do. One of our <laughs> one of our biggest one of our biggest backers in the national you media all year. Yeah, little jump Kendrick off. Perkins made one big old cannonball. That's a big dude to jump off the ship, and he did it on ESPN uh, earlier yesterday. Uh, big Perk, you were you were tweeting as usual, so I want to pull up your tweet here, and I need you to uh, explain this to the uh, entire yeah. panel what you were tweeting last night. So let's let's pull that up if we could. I must say, I'm beyond impressed with Brandon Ingram tonight. I know his stat line, 37, 11, and 9, but it was the other things. This young man is poised and, most importantly, a leader. Real talk. So what were you thinking there, and who are you picking in this series? Well, I was thinking real talk. That's why I didn't put carry on. Like, this was real talk. When you, when you <laughs> oh, look we're not at carrying Brandon, on here. Right, we're staying. No, we're staying here because when you look at Brandon Ingram, and I just said this, he gives me – those Kevin Durant vibes with his his length, his athleticism, the way he's able to put the ball on the floor, get to his spots, his mid-range jump shot, getting to the hoop, but making guys around him better. We heard Willie Green say this. He said, I didn't call plays at a period of time because I wanted to let Brandon Ingram cook. And that wasn't just because of him scoring the ball. That was him throwing lobs. That was him finding guys on time, on target. So when I'm looking at him and I'm watching his body language, mm-hmm. his body language says it all. For a guy that's it's his first time in the postseason, yep. he didn't get rattled. Like, he was embracing that moment. And then even in this post-game interview, no emotions, just laid back, chill. That's naturally him. But to me, he's ready for this moment. And I just think right now, he's actually the best player in this series without Devin Booker being out. And that's why I got the Pelicans winning this. In how many games? Yeah. I got this going seven. I really, you know what, I got it going seven. But I I I got Brandon Ingram. Like like Shaq said last night, he has made a name for him, himself, and I just think the spirit of this team, along with the pieces that they have, I got the Pelic- I got the Pelicans upsetting the Suns. Uh, Perk, I got some real talk for you. Did you not watch Game One of the series? Did you not see that uh, you know Brandon Ingram in that first game? Did you not see him hobbling around at part of Game Two where he looked like he was hurt? What body language are you talking about? When did Brandon Ingram become Kevin Durant? 
come on, man. You know better than this. I, I don't know. You, you won a championship in this league. <laughs> you know better than this. This is a hot take de jour, right? This is the recency bias at its best. This is Kendrick Perkins forgetting 82 games in a regular season that this team proved itself. I get it. Devin Booker's hurt. That still doesn't make Brandon Ingram the best player in this series. That's still Chris Paul, a guy who you were talking about MVP talk at one point this season. Don't forget where this team's been. Did the Pelicans play great in game two? You're damn right they did. Did Brandon Ingram have a fantastic game? Sure, but it's one game. Chris Paul has a career of it. So there's some real talk for you, Perk. All right. I'm just, all, all I'm going to say is if, if you're hopping off the bandwagon right now, you're not allowed to jump back on later on. He, he kind of hopped off I'm the saying. bandwagon earlier, too, like last week. Yeah, he and was then he came back shit. on. Like, yeah, they all do. You're, the bandwagon has officially closed at this point. If you're not, If you're not rocking with this team right now, then you don't get to bandwagon down the road. But thankfully, but thankfully, we do have somebody that has some common sense. And in a discussion with an awful Chris Russo, who <laughs> has the worst takes of all time, uh, J.J. Reddick kept it real and defended Chris Paul. Go ahead, Leah. Has Paul ever been first team all? Did Bob NBA? Cousy ever shoot over forty percent from the field? Well, in his we career? understand that. Did You're he right. ever shoot? Oh, did he no, ever shoot over forty percent? Probably 40 percent. Different kind. Not of game. once. I. It's Not fair. once. That's fair. He also had twenty nine assists in an NBA game. Oh well, you know he was being guarded hey, hey, hey. by plumbers and firemen. Oh come on, that's that, not is fair. that is true. That is true. Dog, dog, Uzi Hello. Point guard he ever. Changed the way that, the there game is was no played. doubt, doggy. He changed the game. Stop the game it. Not played the Stop way he it. Changed the game. Kuzi did. Stop How about it. Nash? Do you think Chris Paul is one of the top five point guards. Chris Paul is one of the top five point guards in the history of basketball. I got to think about that for a minute. That seems a what? little strong for me. What? I'm going to tell you right now he's not top five. Well, who's your top five? I got to think about that he for said, a minute. Like He said Bob Cousy. And and, and you might have missed some other stuff that J.J. Reddick said. He said, first of all, there was like eight teams in the league uh, when Bob Cousy was playing. Second of all, Bob Cousy literally could not dribble with his left hand. And you're going to tell me he's a top five point guard of all time because he played on one of the most legendary teams ever? Get the fuck out of here. Like, J.J. Reddick has absolutely backed the Suns. And most more, more importantly, he's backed... Uh, Chris Paul, because that's his boy. And when people talk out of the side of their heads or their necks or their ass, whatever you want to put it out there, um, about Chris Paul not being a top five point guard, they don't understand the game. You have a literal basketball player who played for like 14 seasons in the NBA, played with Chris Paul and other great players, telling you he's a top five player of all time or at the point guard position and Russo still doubling down holding on to some 1960s magic when like half the league was like I it's just ridiculous. Plumbers and firemen? Yeah. Well, hold on. yeah. <laughs> he said he said Chris Paul ever made a made a first team all NBA? Uh, Chris Paul has made the first team all NBA four times there, Chris Russo. But yeah, great yeah. research on your part, buddy. Just trash. That's a trash take. It's yeah. such a trash take. I don't understand. That's true. It's it like, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't understand why people feel the need to to try and bury this team. And it's happened 
all season long for whatever reason. Devin Booker, like we talk about the MVP stuff and why Devin Booker isn't an MVP candidate versus CP3 is not an MVP candidate because they both cancel each other out. And then as soon as you lose Booker, now all of a sudden the Suns are dead. Well, I thought the narrative was that you have two MVP candidates. Now you only have one. But is one not good enough for you now? Because now you think the Suns are just going to melt away? Like, there's just been so many awful takes about the Suns because these fools don't fucking watch the games. You don't. You don't ever watch the games. You see a couple highlights. You see the, the box score. And you make your assumptions off of that. That's all you do. You have trash takes out there. All of you fucking east of the Mississippi trash every last one of you because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But you guys will give guys like Jason Tatum all the love in the world, all the love in the world or Marcus Smart because he played half a season of good defense. Fuck out of here with that. Mikel Bridges is the defensive player of the year because he did it all season long and he's played for like 300 fucking thousand straight games. You got to give him some love. Fuck the media, but, but man. But Saul, Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy, who literally had Bob seven Cousy. Hall of Famers on the fucking team when they won 11 championships. Bill Russell carried that team, not Bill uh, freaking Bob Cousy. It was Bill Russell. Bill Russell carried that team. He even coached the team to a championship. But Bob Cousy, for whatever for whatever reason, gets all the love. Yeah. Okay, cool. I know where that yeah. went, little and I know why that started. Little white guy? Fucking yeah, Chris yeah. Russo. <laughs> They deserve I, mean, I haven't had a salty rant in a long time. That's I felt true. really good. Sometimes you gotta Sometimes. exercise the demons. Listen, when it's when it when a salty rant is deserved, then you gotta give the people what they deserve, right? Like, this is one of those moments where I want an it is deserved. Next time, no, sorry, that's never gonna happen. All right, well, that's fine. <laughs> but here's the thing: regardless, <laughs> regardless of what people are saying in the national media, does not matter. At the end of the day, because they're not the ones playing the game. What we say doesn't matter either because we're not the ones playing Lies. the game. Lies. <laughs> all I'm saying is, is you just have to decide for yourself one way or the other. Do you trust the Suns team or do you not? And if the answer is yes, you trust the Suns team, then go all in. Keep the same energy you've mm -hmm. had all season for this team. And don't let it frustrate you or concern you to the point where like you're just like festering inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Just lean all the way into the highs and the lows, the struggles of the season, the fun parts of the season, because this is good. This is a great Suns season. And like, just enjoy it. Can I what say, it is. Can, oh, go ahead. You've inspired me, Lindsay. You're 100% right, because the Phoenix Suns <laughs> are the best team in the NBA. Suck it, Chris Russo. Suck it, Kendrick Perkins. Suck it, national media. There you go. I just want to say, th there's a reason why we started this outlet, and DNVR started theirs, yep. and CHGO started theirs, because, uh, you know, fans didn't really have a place to go to be able to voice their opinions. You know, you can't do that on local radio. You can't do that on Valley Sports Arizona. Like, you could come here, and we can sit here, and we can vent with each other and feel good. And we know the truth, because we've seen this team for the whole season, and we know what they're capable of. We know how damn good they are. That's why we started this thing. So if you don't like ESPN, you got to watch the games, though. So I'm sorry. I guess I can't. I don't have a bailout for that. But you don't have to watch all the other <laughs> bullshit. You know, so at 2 o'clock during the afternoon, you're wondering what you should do. You should watch our show because you can engage with us, and we will engage with you because we love you.
And we love the sun. And we love the sun. We're not haters for no reason. No, we have a yeah, reason to be haters. Reason. At least yeah. not for the suns, anyway. We might be haters for no reason of other things, but not the suns. We can all agree on that. And if you're having a little trouble just kind of calming yourself down, we've got a friend who can help you with that <laughs> called OG's Brands. <laughs> you can stop by go, your Liz. local dispensary, That's grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends over there at OG's. And right now... They just announced their new mini OG's three milligram microdose options for those not wanting to like, you know, dive too crazy in. Maybe you just want a little bit of Woosaw, a little bit of Zen. Those will be available on May 3rd. Woosaw. Yeah. I don't know. Is that not a thing? I've heard that. I I thought that was a thing. Yeah, it's like Woosaw. Yeah. And they've got really great flavors, right? Like orange creamsicle, tropical, watermelon. So if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer... Go to OGsBrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z Brands.com to find an OGs near you. I don't know why, but when I say O-G-E-E-Z, I want to like, it's like a jingle in my head. Like I want to sing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that trauma from growing up in Arizona Maybe. and hearing all the jingles yes. on the radio like, for the last uh, what's, 20 what's years? What's the phone number? Seven, five oh, cars for kids. No, not Gosh, five, nine, eight, so six, many. seven. Learner Row is the way to go. Call oh. Nine seven seven nine nine zero zero. Yeah. Why are we giving free advertising to ambulance chasers right now? Oh my god! <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, all right, we are going to round out this show with some fun because we all could use it. Yeah. So what we're going to do right now is a little snake draft of top sitcoms. And I feel like I'm going to lose this draft one because this isn't my area of expertise, and also because I have to draft second. Saul's first, Espo's third. She lost in paper, rock, scissors, folks. I did. I got the bum spot of this. So I tried to give you the number one pick for your birthday. I know. I should have just taken it. Let's paper, rock, scissors. I was trying to make it fair to an extent. She said, let's paper, rock, scissors. See how Espo tries to throw me on the bus? I'm about to go on another rant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So, Saul. You start us off. I have the number one pick, and this is a no-brainer because I'm trying to win this thing. It's not necessarily because I love this show, but I know if I put it out there, it's got to be the number one pick. Friends. Friends is is the best sitcom of all time. It's the most popular sitcom of all time. That's number one on on my uh, draft board. See, because I felt the same way. I do like this this sitcom, but I didn't think it was... um, it's it's not my all time favorite, mm-hmm. but it is an all time favorite. The Office. It's very good. It's so, very good. Same strategy, but different. Yeah. This nice. is this is one that may not resonate as much with the younger crew, but it is viewed as one of the best like of how, all time. I like how I suppose about to bury himself right now. It's Seinfeld. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Seinfeld's Seinfeld. Seinfeld good. Yeah, is viewed as one of the best of all time, and I get the whip around, which. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'll take another show that actually has a Seinfeld connection because one Larry David, who was one of the main minds behind Seinfeld. So Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm going to take Curb. Yeah, oh. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your yeah. Enthusiasm is a fun one. It is a fun one. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be as popular with a lot of people as, as Seinfeld. Curb, you don't think will be? But here's the thing. Yeah. I think people under the age of 30 are going to be like, the fuck is Seinfeld? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it didn't age as well. I'll say this. It didn't age as well as Friends. Friends, you can still I've re-watch. never watched a Seinfeld episode. Oh, and in its in its day, yeah. it was the best. Yep, that's exactly what he did, Darth Voida. What did he say? He took her way nah. too early. He nah. could have got that in the fifth round. He probably could have because I don't think I would take it. I would have never touched it. Oh, wait, Espo, sorry. So I was writing this down. Oh, well, Lee is writing this yeah, down. Yeah, she's yes. writing it all. It's all on screen. Look, 
It's your turn, though. I'll take my chance. Um, guys, help me in the chat, please. <laughs> we're, we're on pick two. We're on pick two. She's like, help me. Because your girl didn't have a strategy for this one outside of the office. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with... I had an I had something in my head. Do you want to skip your turn? A new girl. Okay, cool. I like new girl. girl. I think that's a fun one. That's an easy one to put on in the background and like keep you company. Yep. yep. New girl. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, I know this isn't going to be completely. I don't know. Actually, you know, I'm going to change it up. I was going to go with Fresh Prince, but I'm not going to. Dang, that's the one I was trying to remember. Yeah, you can have that. I'm not even. (laughs) I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm going to go. Um, with Big Bang Theory. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. I Big didn't even Bang think Theory about. Is 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 next? Um, it, just because I think that's it's it's a pretty popular show. Um, and then after that, man, it, it's it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. I'm gonna go with my own little little thing, and I'm gonna say Martin. I just loved Martin. Okay. Yeah, Martin. Martin was if, uh, if pretty. If you're hilarious. in our age group, that's that's a good. Yeah, problem. but you know, yeah, I, I like Martin so. Okay, my turn again. I'm going to go with Jay in the comment, 70s show, that 70s show. I loved that show. Mm -hmm. That was the first show that I ever binged, start to finish. And when it was over, I genuinely felt like my friends had left. That was really sad. (laughs) All right. Well, then I get two that were higher on my board and maybe even higher than than Curb. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will take Modern Family. Oh, I was Mm going to do that. And then I'm going to take Community, one of my all-time favorite sitcoms, Community. I was never able to get into Community. Yeah, I got through Community about four seasons, and I just kind of, eh. Fine. You don't have to vibe with it. Great. Now it's my turn again. It I, you couldn't have taken a smidge longer, Espo? Like just, just I could have, but why waste the time when you know what you're going to the polls? Okay, I'm, go- I'm debating between two. Um, either... Fresh Prince or Always Sunny. And I don't know which one to take. Choose wisely. I don't know which I one I think to you're take. losing whichever one you don't take to solve that. I know. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, which one do we think yeah. is... Leah, what do you think? Which one do you think is going to get me more votes? I don't know. I think Fresh Prince would probably get you more votes, to be frank. They're but. both really good. Oh. I think I'm... I think I'm going to go shoot. I'm going to go always sunny because it's still on. So I think okay. there'll be more recency bias. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Fresh Prince because you guys left it on the board and why not? That's a simple one. And um, <laughs> I hate to do this. Because I'm not the biggest fan of this show, but I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people. It better not be mine. The Simpsons. Oh, oh that's a good call. Yeah. The Simpsons. I'm going to do The Simpsons. I, I get actually, that. I actually, get the pick. Actually, can I change it? Yeah. Family Guy. Okay. Family Does Guy. The, do those count as sitcoms or are those cartoons? Yeah, those are sitcoms. Are they? Yeah. I mean, you could have a, a cartoon that's a sitcom. It's a sitting comedy. Situation. I thought I didn't know if it was cartoon, comedy. whatever. Wait, which one did you go with, Family Guy? Family Guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is our last one, right? 
Yep. So I'm going to throw a, a ringer in here and just go based off of what I actually do really, really like. I mean, I do like all of these shows, but like uh, what we do in the shadows is such a great show. And if you guys have not watched it, do, do yourself do a favor. It's so funny. It's about vampires. It's, it's, it's so really funny. funny. Oh, did that just start like a couple years yeah. ago? Okay. Yeah. What we do in the shadows is gotcha. so, so good. Oh, my God. I have to. Simpsons is not better than Family Guy. Get out of here, Sergio. There's I no have, way. I have five more that I could pick here. Like, oh. Seriously, <laughs> well, so, that so, I might, I might even think would field a, a, a team that could go up against. A, well, if Gerald the, was here, this would be a lot like, harder because these would have gone faster too. Because I'm looking at Thirty Rock. Ooh, I'm looking I forgot at about Arrested that one. Development. Way before I'm, it's time. That was a I'm solid look, show. I'm looking at Rick and Morty. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, I've got. <sighs> I don't know, man. In Living Color was was really good, as somebody yeah, said in the chat. I don't think I've seen that. Oh man. Although that was, was so... more sketch. That was more. That SNL, was sketch comedy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I and and people like I understand the whole the the dynamic of what I'm about to say and like listen I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating anything when I say this but the Cosby Show. When it was when it was at its peak, and before we all found out about Crazy Head, um, was one of the best com- was was yeah. one of the best sitcoms of all time. Um, but Cheers is still on the board too. Yeah, but like, you're gonna lose if you pick Cheers. I'm going yeah. Rick and Morty. Okay, that's uh, a my good... heart says Thirty Rock or Arrested Development. But you still have one more, don't you? No, that's oh all. no, that's that was it. it. Yep. Rick and Forty. <laughs> Rick and Forty. Right. Let's go. Rick and Forty. Rick and Forty. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Okay. Man, I I seriously think we could draft a team with what's left for Gerald that would compete. Absolutely. Well, let's do it. We're gonna. Okay. So you gotta go. You gotta go. Thirty Rock. Okay. Uh, Married with children. Married with children. Cheers. Um, I think Gerald would appreciate Arrested Development. Arrested Development. I think Gerald would appreciate that. He'd have something really weird too. Dude, Gerald said Golden Girls. That was a great show, though. He'd have Barry. Oh yeah. Dark comedy on HBO. That's a good show. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Plays a hitman who decides he wants to be an actor. It, it's, oh, it's it's pretty so funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you guys were so obviously when we approach drafts, half of it is like we actually really like these shows mm-hmm. or the cho- choices we make, and then the other half is like we want to beat the other person. Mm-hmm. So if you were drafting your first overall pick based on just what you actually like the most, what show would it be? Oh, damn. I wish we had dramedies on here because I, I like dramedies too. But if there was one show that I – if I had to binge watch for the rest of my life and I couldn't get away from it, I'd probably pick Martin. Okay. Because he's just so damn funny. Ooh, the King of Queens in the chat popped up. I forgot. That used to be a great show too. Yeah. Roseanne, Fresh Prince, Living Single. I, I love out. Lucy. <laughs> Tashi D in the chat says, Saul wins hands down for me. I've only watched one show Espo listed and two shows Lindsay picked. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, she says she still watches two shows. Yeah, yeah. she's if, seen all of mine. So you're you're asking if I could only watch one sitcom the rest of my mm-hmm. life? What I'm picking. I'm I wasn't gonna go that extreme with oh, it, no, but like, what, what was your what would be your first overall pick if it was just based on your your preferences of sitcoms, not winning a draft? Mm. Yeah, Martin would have been my first. I'd be stuck between Community and. And Thirty Rock and Arrested Development, just that quick paced, you know. Yeah. Uh, hell, the first few seasons of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt were fantastic sitcom stuff too. So, 
I don't really know which one I would pick, but I feel like it would probably either be New Girl or What We Do in the Shadows. I do like New Girl. It's just such an easy, easy mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But Big Bang is also an easy but watch. I don't like, like that. frustrating characters too much. Like I, I don't I don't like like I don't like uh, Meet the Parents. I fucking hate that movie because it gives me anxiety like the whole movie. How does this <laughs> one guy mess up so many times so bad in, in two hours? Like this is crazy. Like and that's what New Girl is for me when when uh, what's her face Jessica can't get out of her own damn way, I'm like, bro, it's not that hard. This is so much easier for you if you would stop and just pull your head out of your ass. That's all those characters on New Girl, though. They all get in their own way in, in certain yeah. Okay, ways. but Winston is by far oh, like, he's the, yeah, he's God, well, Winston's so funny. His pranks it, that he are so elaborate that aren't even pranks work. at all. Yeah, I, I also Winston. like um, the coach. Oh yeah, coach getting yeah. like after coach left, it, it just dropped. That for was me. a bummer for well, sure. John in the chat says, "What about Scrubs? Another one that I forgot mm-hmm. that I I loved. never really got into Scrubs. That's How I, I Met Your Mother. Oh, I okay, I, I religiously watched How I Got Your Mother until like maybe before the final two seasons, and I just got tired of it. Oh. I got frustrated with it. I was like, can you just like I, I'm not saying to wrap it up, but also give me it something. Pissed, the ending of that the show ending. pissed me the off. The ending was so awful. Much. You make me wait ten seasons for that shit. Oh my no god, thank you. so terrible, so so terrible. Yeah, so I don't know, but we'll see what Twitter thinks about yep. our draft. We'll so see. make sure that you guys are following us on Twitter so that you can vote on this draft and let us know which one you think drafted the best board. We'll also make sure to. Include Gerald's in that as well. But just a disclaimer that Gerald didn't actually pick it. So mm-hmm. he can't be held responsible for well, he if he loses this draft. We could just ask him to draft of what's left and give him his own squad. That's fair. We could do that. Oh, Veep is South a good Park. Call too. South Park was a good one too. But I didn't think those counted as sitcoms. I would have put those in their own category of like cartoons. Well, you could do a whole com- a comedy cartoon. Yeah. Draft. Tough, There's enough. I don't know. You could get you could there. Go 20 deep. How I Met Your Mother equals How I Wasted Your Time. Fuck dog in the chat. That's funny. That's hilarious. All right. Last thing I got to tell you guys is Athletic Greens. It's a no-brainer. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, which right now with the playoffs going on, we could probably sleep better Mm -hmm. and recover better. Uh, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. So... Our partner, Athletic Greens, wants to make it easy on you guys. They're going to give a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com suns. Again, that's athleticgreen.com suns to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Get that vitamin D. Yeah, and Espo has told us over and over that when when he takes his that's in the, the morning, that's the one vitamin you pull out. She that's she said vitamin D. The way you said supply. it though. When Jeez. Espo takes his in the morning, it gives him a ton of energy. Sometimes more energy than coffee yep. or an energy drink or anything that typically has a lot of caffeine in it. It gives me enough energy to yell at Kendrick Perkins and Chris Russo on yeah. it. True. And then. We've got a watch party tomorrow for game <laughs> three then... at the Ainsworth. And the best part is Big Sauce Alan Williams is going to be there Still hanging out you. with us. So you guys should also come hang out with us. So April 22nd, 
tomorrow, Friday, 5.30 p.m. at the Ainsworth. We'll have a pregame show and a postgame show there with you. Um, so plan to come and join us. Absolutely. I really hope I DM the right Alan Williams because there could just be some <laughs> random five foot six dude showing up. You know? Yeah. Well, also, like we have to say, every road game, with the exception of possibly one, we will be at the Ainsworth doing a watch party. So even if you go to the game, RSVP, get your spot, and then you can go h- hang out with us in the pregame and also postgame. Um, you know, and and have fun with us because it's going to yeah. be a blast. Did you guys see on Twitter, uh, Veronica, Suns Tutu fan who has been at all of our watch parties, she tweeted out a photo of what I swear is like 15 Alan Williams jerseys. She's so oh, yeah. excited yeah. to come uh, t- on Friday to meet Alan Williams, hang out with us. Uh, so we hope you're as excited as that as well. Absolutely. Also, yeah, how could you not love Big Sauce? We had dropped that on social uh, this morning at like, eight or nine o'clock and within an hour we had 50 rsvps so it's it's going pretty quick and it's gonna be super fun so come hang out with us uh as always we appreciate you guys for tuning in and for joining us uh like we said tomorrow we've got a the watch party pre-game show post-game show until then you can follow me on twitter at lindsey smith az you can follow saul at saul underscore bookman you can follow gerald at gerald borgay and of course you can follow espo at espo espo take us home just remember, life's a sitcom if you always take OGs. Oi, oi. <laughs>